Today on Sailor Moon, the Sailor Scouts are squabbling, and Queen Beryl and her henchmen intend to take full advantage of the situation. It's a dangerous game of cross and double cross. But can the Sailor Scouts win this battle? Just stay right there, and I'll show you. Moon Prison Podcast presents Fractious Friends. 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 To Moon Prison Podcast, a Sailor Moon show. As always, I am your show host, show host, co-host, Donovan Morgan Grant, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Mr. Jesse Garrett. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm swell. How are you doing, Don? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Actually, the weather's been, like, really crazy uh, uh, this past week, but uh, we can gotta get into that a little bit later if it comes up. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling well. I'm feeling good. Ready to talk about this, uh, this exciting episode of Sailor Moon, as we always do. Thank you very much for listening to Moon Prism Podcast. Uh, we've been running this show for about over a year now, and, um, you know, we're kind of close, closing nearly the end of the first major arc, so, uh, we can kind of get into this, uh, major episode. Um, we don't have any emails this month, you know, because we had about 25 or 30 last month. It was crazy, I tell you what. But um, we do have some news on the upcoming Sailor Moon series that's coming out this year in 2014. Uh, the new series titled uh, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Crystal. Uh, there's, some, there's been an image release on the official website, and uh, AnimeNewsNetwork.com actually has a quote about uh, the, the main series production team kind of giving a synopsis and saying how they're going to release it. Uh, I've given the link to, for Jesse to read the quote, so if, uh, if you uh, shall indulge us, uh, Jesse shall read the quote and tell us about this new Sailor Moon series. The quote begins, Yusaki Tsukino is a second-year middle school girl who is a little clumsy and a crybaby, but she is full of energy. One day, she meets Luna a black cat with a crescent moon on her forehead, and she transforms into Sailor Moon, a sailor-uniformed pretty guardian of love and justice. As a chosen guardian of justice, Hisaki seems to have a mission to find the illusionary silver crystal with the other guardians and to protect the princess. 
Meanwhile, the queen of the Dark Kingdom, Queen Burl, also sends minion to the ta- minions to the town where Usagi lives to obtain, obtain the illusionary silver crystal, which has immense power. This causes strange events to unfold. Can Sailor Moon really find the illusionary silver crystal and the other sa- with the other Sailor Guardians and protect the princess? Exclamation part question mark. <laughs> the official website launched a countdown page earlier on Thursday with the words eight days left coming soon with a waxing moon. The countdown does not begin until Friday. The new Sailor Moon anime will begin streaming worldwide on the Nico Nico service in July. Producer Atsutoshi Umazawa. Yes. In parentheses, pre-cure franchise said that it is not not remaking the previous anime, but adapting the original manga and starting from scratch again. So, yeah, with that announcement, they're kind of like, that kind of, I know fans have been kind of questioning how this is going to be, but uh, it sounds to me like uh, like they're kind of not not so much redoing the series. Well, they are redoing the series, but it's not sort of refurbishing the series. Like, um, uh, Jesse, did you watch Dragon Ball Z? Have you heard of Dragon Ball Z? Um, I'm a little familiar with it. Not very, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of know the, the basic gist of it. Yeah, it's one of those shows that, like, you know, even if you don't watch it, you kind of are aware of it. Uh, like, re- in the last couple of years, Dragon Ball Z, or the Dragon Ball anime, did a thing called Dragon Ball Kai, where they basically showed the anime again, but they kind of cut out bits so the story could be a lot more like the manga and cut out a lot of the filler. And while this seems to be kind of a similar thing, like they say they're kind of – I've seen reports say they're kind of using it more closer to the manga storyline – they're not really doing the series again. They're just they're just essentially um, remaking the series from scratch. Like they're basically doing another series, a series that's closer to the original manga and not like the previous anime. So uh, that should be good. I mean, I, I think that like the animation might be nice, and uh, I mean that image is looking pretty pretty, <laughs> pretty 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 nice. So um, I'm excited for it. What, you, what about you? Well, you know, like when when a movie gets remade, there's a lot of complaints about it. Mm-hmm. But the way I look at this is another adaptation of the source material. So when another version of a novel gets made, people don't think of that as necessarily a remake. It's just another adaptation. So that's how I'm, I'm kind of going into it, looking looking at it. And I think it could be good. I mean, another adaptation with with modern day sensibilities or or modern day you know art styles, while not that big a difference, but 1992 was. A while ago, so I think yeah. it's it's it could be updated. It's not like it's it's being made ten years after the fact. Yes, exactly. Like you know, with all uh, people talk about the Spider-Man movies and how it may have been too soon to reboot the franchise. This is sort of those things where you know, twenty years is, is I think a solid time to sort of take take a story and tell it from a fresh perspective. And they're not you know they're not making. I don't know, Sailor Moon a man or anything, that would be horrible. But, you know, they're kind of just, um, from what I've gathered, it sounds pretty pretty cool, pretty interesting. And um, it might be nice seeing it with different animation. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, um, what's the show <laughs> I'm looking forward to Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Crystal. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, with that being said, uh, we have no emails this month, but as we said before, last month was crazy with emails, so it was a nice kind of, kind of respite from that. So let's get into the episode. Episode, uh, the original episode number is 43. The, uh, dub, the Deke dub animation episode was episode 38. Uh, and she gets to the recap. 
uh, originally called Yusagi Going It Alone, the Sailor Senshi's Big Fight, uh, the English dub calls the episode Fractious Friends. Nice. Perfect for my little black dress. <laughs> How are you? No one you want to mess with. Molly, call the police. Nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> Career's over, creep. It's Sailor Moon. I am Sailor Moon. Champion of justice. Ooh, I'm trembling. Sailor Moon, could we please have a word with you? Sailor Mars, can't you see I'm busy here? We're supposed to fight as one, remember? I am one! Oh. Leadership's gone to your head, prima donna. Oh. Maybe we should settle all of this after we take care of the burglar. No way! This has been going on too long! This is mutiny! You can't do this to me! Looks like we just did. We're sick of following a dingbat! Dingbat? Oh, a hothead who burns off people's feet is better than a dingbat. You're all What a scoop. The sailor scout squabbling like a bunch of seagulls. This'll make the front page for sure. Hey, get already. Who do you think you are coming in here and snapping all those pictures? And how did you even know we were here anyway? <laughs> That's a secret. So there any truth to the buzz you guys are Splitsville? Oh. Sailor Moon? Oh, I know. You're from one of those shows with the hidden cameras, right? My friends are playing a joke, right? Hoping I'll make a total goof of myself. <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> so, without further ado, let's get into it. This episode Is fractious even a word? You know, I literally checked that. <laughs> I Googled that. Like, like, I had the exact same reaction. Like, is this a real word? Are they trying to say something else? But uh, it is a word <laughs> that no one uses. And I'm, uh, I'm going to use that now. I keep that, that at work tomorrow. And I keep that in because like I legitimately did not know that was a word or not. I really, really didn't. Um okay. Moon makes you learn literary words. Among other things. Um So this episode begins with the Sailor Scouts all chasing Sailor Moon, saying that they want the crystal and she's kicked out of the team. Sacre bleu. Um, this is being spied on by the uh, the evil members of the Dark Kingdom, Malachite, and his henchwoman. His henchwoman, which is essentially this this ninja demon kind of creature, she has various names, but we'll get, we'll get into it once she transforms into somebody else. So they go back to the Dark Kingdom. They've been taking photos of this uh, supposed fight, showing Queen Beryl that the Sailor Scouts are having out with Sailor Moon, and they don't want her to be the leader anymore. Queen Beryl immediately suspicious uh, suspects this to be a trick or a trap, so she commands them to investigate further. So that night, at uh, uh, Molly and her mom's ha- place, where they're, they have a lot of jewelry around the ha- around the house, the ninja demon starts to rob them and attack them. But Sailor Moon randomly shows up and uh, uh, proclaims that she will stop stop her. The Sailor Scouts show up right after her and say that they're they're not they're not going to fight with her. They're going to kick her off the team, and they basically start squabbling and arguing right in front of the hostages and the ninja. So the ninja notices this and says, this is an interesting uh, scenario for me to take advantage of. So she transforms into a random reporter named Nancy Vargas. So uh, as a paparazzi, she says, oh, Sailor Moon, is it true that you and the scouts are having it out? Are you guys splitting up for good? And the Sailor scouts are kind of acting really snobby, and they kind of like, like leave the, the premises. And um, Sailor Moon's all embarrassed. And um, before she knows it, the reporter is gone mysteriously. So the next day, Molly tells Serena... Again, not seeing both characters at the same time up close, not realizing they're the same person. But we've gone on about that episode after episode after episode. 
Anyway, the next day she tells her about uh, the robbery at her mom's house. When all of a sudden Nancy Barker shows up and says, oh, so you were there? You know about the robbery? Are the serious guys bringing you up? You must tell me. I must know. And um, they're both embarrassed. They kind of run away. So we cut back to the scouts, and they're essentially chasing Sailor Moon again. They're beating her up. Mars uses her fire attack, and Serena lands on her butt and starts crying, as always. So eventually we reveal that this isn't actually a real argument or a squabble. They're essentially trying to get the Dark Kingdom to think that they're all splitting up so they can lure them into the Dark Kingdom and rescue Tuxedo Mask, who's been kidnapped. Um, this is actually Sailor Moon's idea, but Sailor Moon doesn't really appreciate the level of intensity the scouts are in terms of fake fighting her, especially Sailor Mars. So Sailor Mars and Sailor Moon are arguing again and again and again, as they've always done throughout the series. And the next day, we see uh, Serena, because uh, earlier in the day, she was given a card by the reporter. So she goes to the, the reporter's house and says, Sailor Moon gave me this note. She wants to meet with you. <laughs> and she comments on Sailor Moon's terrible handwriting. So she gives it to Queen Barrel, and Queen Barrel tells the ninja and Malachi to uh, make sure that they capture Sailor Moon and take her to the Dark Kingdom once she arrives. Uh, so that night, the whole plot is for them to basically lure the Dark Kingdom uh, demons into, into a trap so they can uh, capture them, tell them where Tuxedo Mask is, and not give up the Silver Crystal, which is exactly what they want. So Sailor Moon shows up, and the Sailor Scouts are hiding in the bushes, um, Malachi shows up and the uh, reporter reveals herself to be Ninjana, the evil demon. At first, they, they try to bargain, saying, if you give us the crystal, we'll give you tuxedo mask. Oh, he's dying, by the way, so you might want to hurry. Uh, Moon is very reluctant, saying, how about you show me where he is, and then I'll give you the crystal. They're not really in the mood for games, so they start to strangle her, and Sailor Moon starts, uh, she, she starts fainting for help, saying, let me go, let me go. Hey, guys, help me. But she's really wanting for them to kind of hold back and so she can kind of lure them into – I'm not sure what her plan is. <laughs> like, like either letting the tuxedo mask go, but she doesn't want them to have the crystal. Sailor Jupiter and Sailor Mercury are saying, we, we need to jump in there, otherwise uh, Moon will be killed. And um, Sailor Mars says, no, we got to stick to the plan. And she reveals that she has the silver crystal, which um, which they accuse her of stealing. But she says, oh, no, 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 no. She left it on my bed. She, she totally trusted me to have it because she left it on my, on my bed, which we'll get into that. Um, so, <laughs> but I didn't give it back. Oh yeah, we're gonna get to that. So, um, with that being revealed, the Sailor Scouts jump into action and uh, help Sailor Moon not be strangled to death. Malachi immediately books and just leaves, not 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 at all helping to see how the fight's gonna turn out. And rather quickly, they take down the the, the, the ninja demon, who is revealed to be an actual reporter. And um, Sailor Moon transforms her back into a reporter with her uh, moon attack. And so she continues to ask them if the Sailor Scouts are, are, are indeed splitting up. But luckily, the Scouts are still a team. They're still friends, despite Sailor Moon and Sailor Mars still arguing as always. The end. So, Jesse, what were your general thoughts on Fractious Friends? We had a lot of arguing about some character development. We saw, like, you know, some choice between the, the scouts and uh, some ingenuity on Sailor Moon's part. So uh, what were you generally thinking? I do like that the trust was shown to be there. Like, obviously, these are, these are friends, and while they still grade on each other, ultimately, you know, they're not going to betray each other, even though they like keeping each other's items. Um <laughs> And what was your second point? Oh, just generally, generally what, what your, old, your overall thoughts. Oh, I had a thought, and I lost it, and I can't remember what it was. Let's see. I, was like, I, I can, you can come back to it if you want to. 
But uh, I I did like the reporter angle as ridiculous as it is. She transforms right in front of them, and no one notices. Oh, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. And we kind of get into that a lot with this series that um, not only uh, not only do somehow Sailor Moon and Sailor Scouts maintain secret identities, but the the villains – yeah, you're right. She she was she was in like the uh, the Molly's house and transformed like she basically just turned around and transformed. And they said, "Oh, where does she come from?" And the ninja's gone. But that's kind of, that's kind of that's kind of a weird thing with the show. The show is very lighthearted, so kind of like this guy. I said it, it's the opposite suspension of disbelief, uh, but yeah, it still works me no matter how how many times I say it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's a, it's a besides they, they were they were all they were all distracted and bickering between themselves. So. Yeah. I kind of like how it, the whole thing was uh, Serena's idea because she's really shown, you know, she's always shown to be kind of the crybaby and the whiner and the one who like doesn't really want to do anything. <laughs> but that I, was my point. Yes. Go, go, go ahead with it. No, I'm just saying I like that it shows her having leadership skills, or, or you know, the the reason why she should be given more respect, or the that she needs, or she deserves, and it shows skills on her on her end and quick thinking and stuff that gets overplayed or gets underplayed, you know, not uh, throughout the series. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, the whole thing is like, you know, they're, they're pretending that Cinnamon Moon sucks and that they want to, you know, they want out of the team. But the whole idea is, it's kind of interesting that, that she kind of came up with that idea, kind of playing on their expectations and the Dark Kingdom's expectations. So I think that was a nice little bit of an inversion character development moment on Serena's part generally. It's kind of funny that, like, I did laugh when Queen Barrel said, this is clearly a trap, but let's, let's fall for it anyway. <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of, kind of nice, but all the same, I thought it was a nice bit of characterization for Sailor Moon. Yeah, I love it. It's a trap, but, um, well, no, don't trust us. Okay, okay. Um, one thing, one of the major parts, uh, in terms of the climax, I should, I should mention, is that, uh, Sailor Mars ends up having the uh, silver crystal. And they say, Mars, you, you stole it. And she's like, oh, no, I didn't. You know, she, she left it on my bed, you know, just, you know, just in case. There's a big I – did, I did some investigation with this, and this is true. <laughs> There's a big, like, discrepancy between the original script and the, uh, the English dub. In the original script, uh, Sailor Moon, uh, Serena gave Ray the silver crystal. So no matter how much she got beat up or tortured, she wouldn't be able to give it up. In the, in the English dub – she said that she left it on her bed absentmindedly or under her bed or whatever, which um, if, you, if you go on a lot, a lot of websites, a lot of, a lot of fans of the original Japanese version don't exactly appreciate that. Is I think that kind of makes her character like worse than she actually is. Um, which I think it makes both characters worse than they actually are. You think so? Yeah, because not only is it showing that you know, Sailor Moon is just going to randomly leave that there and not notice that it was missing, <laughs> but also that she's willing to you know, to keep her friends too there. Like I like that the in the Japanese version it seems that she trusts her enough and that it, it kinda of shows shows that trust and shows that, that camaraderie they have that she can give it to her and know if anything happens to her that she has her back. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it also shows again, kind of developing the character more because she and Ray have that have that like, sort of like team rivalry going on where they referenced the earlier story where like apparently Ray didn't want her um she wanted to be the leader herself, and <laughs> maybe she still wants to do that. But um, it shows that when it, when push comes to shove, she knows she can depend on her. Yeah, I was kind of – I mean, that honestly, when I, when I first saw that scene, the way that scene is kind of shot where, like, her eyes are closed and she's kind of holding the crystal out into the into the camera, <clears throat> excuse me, it didn't really feel – honestly, it didn't feel 
I, I kind of suspected that the dub might have maybe changed that. I honestly kind of felt like, you know, I bet that there's something not really go- something else going on in the original script, and would you believe I was right? But um, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't really care for that. I think that like the overall script is generally intact, and that like it's, it is everyone's plan to save Darien and you know, you know, be the, defeat the bad guys. But they kind of really kind of him and haul their way around it. Whereas in the original, she was a bit more heroic and sacrificing herself. Nearly, I thought it was actually kind of capable. Yeah. I thought it was actually kind of cool, like in a dramatic sense, that like uh, when the the, the ninjana uh, demon attacks. She, start, she immediately goes for her throat and starts strangling her, and she has a, kind of like a half of a hand uh, cupping the, the rope to keep herself from being fully garroted, and um, it kind of shows you like, what dire straits she was in, and you get like, you get a lot of that sort of, you know, self-sacrifice heroism when the scouts are like, should we save it, should we, should we not, because you do get the sense that like, they don't really, you know, they, they, they trust her to a certain point, but you don't really think that like, they really believe in her to kind of stick it out. You know, they're kind of like, as Jupiter's in, in the bushes saying, we, we got to help her out, we got to save her. And they're kind of squabbling as to, you know, I say squabbling. They're kind of debating whether to stick with the plan or actually save her life. They assume the weakest out of her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which, again, like the, the English du- version does kind of like play into a little bit too harshly. Why do you think that change was made? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it before about how like the... The dub's generally faithful to the original series, but there are moments where they kind of lay on a bit thick. Like, uh, like there was a comment uh, th- uh, at the point where she gives um, Nancy Vargas the note that she comments on to the Moon's bad handwriting. And then she gives it to Queen Barrow, and Queen Barrow says, oh, she has bad handwriting. can't spell. <laughs> Which I actually really liked. Um, but apparently that's, that's a, uh, a reference to the original, the original series. Like, apparently in the manga... Serena or Usagi really does have bad grammar and handwriting, so that was actually kind of a nice uh, dig, but I'm not sure. I, I think that I, it's almost like, I guess, the, it was a bit too... I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think from the the Deke Entertainment dubbing's perspective of, well, maybe it's a bit too much of the character to be that heroic at this point in time. That's what I was kind of saying. Maybe it's just too much of a self-sacrifice to... To kind of display, I guess, to the audience. Yeah, I, I guess they kind of like they they underestimated Serena as much as the serious guys did. They're watching this. They're like, "No, nah, she can't do this." <laughs> it's just Serena. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you have any thoughts? Any any more thoughts? I know we, we kind of touched on uh, the. I was confused that the, by the fact that um, Malachi. Uh, randomly has this ninja demon working for him. But at the very end, she she turns into, like when she's kind of, you know, rescued by Sailor Moon, she turns into an actual, she, the reporter character was actually real. It wasn't made up. I mean, I know that, like, Luna and Artemis said, oh, she usually does this, 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 and she's known for this around the country. But, like, I was surprised that, like, uh, I assumed that, like, they kind of forged a backstory. But she was she was a real person the entire time. I thought that was, I, I, I didn't My see it coming. My thought was that the demon ninja Mm-hmm. Uh, possessed the reporter. Yeah, it, it, it seems to be that way, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I was left scratching my head after too. I was like, well, so is she human now? Is this her default form? Is this someone else? I was honestly expecting um, at the end of the day, like, for the Sailor Scout to just kick her ass <laughs> and um, her to blow up, you know, like, like your average Power Rangers villain. But, like, she, 
she turned back. She turned back into a, like the normal character, and the character went back to saying, "Oh, are you guys splitting up?" As though she she was aware of that from the beginning, which is a little yeah. consistent. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's another uh, if that's another instance of the translation, perhaps. I checked that because um, if you go to SailorMoonUncensored.com or S S M U N S M Uncensored.com, they do have really strict. Uh, <laughs> They do have really. They're really. Like, I remember this actually like uh, was big when anime kind of came in the '90s. These websites. I remember they had Dragon Ball Z on Sister.com, just kind of tell you how much the dub sucks and how much they changed. And they have a lot of. They actually have a rating for how much this episode was intact in the original script, and they gave this a 60% uh, intact, saying that like most of the cuts were short snippets of the action sequences and um, some some digital effects, but. Um, like the biggest, the biggest change was the scene with Sailor Mars pulling out the crystal, and they don't mention the fact that, like, I mean, apparently, like, this demon character really was a real person, which I'm genuinely confused by. But, uh, uh, dear, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those things that, like, uh, this series borrows so much from uh, the Sentai series, you know, with their Monster of the Week, that you kind of expect it to just be destroyed, as opposed to them actually uh, manipulating a real person. So that's yeah, that's that's exactly what I was expecting, and it's like she popped up, and I'm what? So confused. I was like, yeah, your powers stop you working, Serena. Um, any any final thoughts on Fractious Friends? Any any overall, overall thoughts? I thought, I thought it was actually a pretty uh pretty entertaining episode. I mean, there were some some a few logic fallacies, but overall, besides like you know the kind of mess up with uh, Sailor Moon, Sailor Mars scenes, I thought that was actually pretty entertaining. I agree. Uh, I I'm interested to see. Serena go on this journey of being more heroic. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I, I, since the seed was kind of planted here, or not necessarily the seed, but since it was on display here in a small amount, I, I want to see her grow farther. You know, to, to, to see where she came at the beginning of the series, to where she's going to go eventually. Hopefully the dub will interfere less. So, yes. So we can see that. Like, like in the last episode where she, like, like defeats the bad guys. They, like, she, like, she, like, they, they cut in, like, you know, some English dub line. Like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. And, like, this, this is just right here at the end. <laughs> Which would suck. Okay, so we have uh, one last thing to say in this episode. Um, Jesse and I have been wanting to say this for the entire episode. And on a count of three, we'll uh, just yell it to you guys. And uh, hopefully you will uh, be excited about what we have to say. Uh, one, two, three. April Fool's. April Fool's. Yes, suckers. Haha. <laughs> you thought that you were going crazy, did you? Well, you might be. But uh, yes. Yeah, this is this is our big. Uh, <laughs> we're still doing the next dimension, don't worry. This, <laughs> but uh, Jesse and I thought that it might be fun to uh, talk about another series for just just a special occasion. Um, yeah, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon obviously is uh, a huge anime fr- and manga franchise in Japan. Um, in the er- in the very era of, of DBZ, although Dragon Ball was first. And um, yeah, so we, we thought we might you know treat you guys to a bit of a uh, a gear shift and kind of get into our general thoughts and overall uh, overall opinions of the Sailor Moon franchise. Um, so Jesse, how familiar are you with Sailor Moon generally? I, I, I mean. I know that you've heard about it before. Uh, just how, how aware of you were of the series? How much do you know? How much have you even watched, if at all? What are your, what's your general overall history with uh, the, the franchise Sailor Moon? So I'm I'm vaguely familiar. Well, I'm, I'm, I was more familiar with Dragon Ball, but I was almost as familiar with Sailor Moon growing up. Uh, and watching this episode again, when the title screen hit, I was like, oh, yeah, I know this. I was, like, singing along with it, and 
I watched it with my girlfriend, who's actually a big Sailor Moon fan. And she was talking about Tuxedo Mask, and I was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, I remember that. And it, it came back to me, like, uh, watching it as a kid. I was like, oh, yeah, it was one of those shows that came on either before or after the show I wanted to watch. So it was in my peripheral. I think everybody hates those shows. Like, oh, man, i got to sit through this to watch what I want to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I always, even as a child, got the anime version of, like, a, a Power Rangers, you know, Freak of Week episode. But even even as a kid, I recognized that it was something cool, and it was obviously something big. But it was like, okay, yeah, this is this is something cool, not necessarily just for girls, but I think it's cool that girls have their own version of an anime to gravitate towards and heroes to look up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um... I I watched the show. I I don't remember what channel the show was on. Um, this is back in this this was like right before Toonami hit. I think around like, like around 1998. Um, like yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I really don't remember what channel it was on, but I remember that like they showed the the Deke dub uh, version of it, which a lot of uh, Sailor Moon fans remember, recall to this day. And um, I I watched it. Yeah. I watched a lot. I watched. I watched it pretty, pretty regularly when I was a kid. Like, I've not seen this show in well over fifteen years. I really have not seen this in a long time. But I was all. I mean, you know, if you're at all in, into anime, Sailor Moon is a show that you just recognize. Honestly, it's it's about as recognizable to anime as Super, Superman is to comic books. In terms of like, it's just something like you know, at the most obscure of your peripheral vision, you you know about or you know of. Um, but I watched this. I mean, my brother and I watched this like like straight. Uh, we we watched. Here's the thing. I ne- I never really like once. Honestly, once um, other shows like Voltron and Robotech and Ronin Warriors and then Dragon Ball came on, Dragon Ball Z came on. Um, I know I stopped watching watching it because the show there before Toonami came on. I know Toonami eventually uh, picked up the series. And I think they actually picked up. It was like Sailor Moon S or Sailor Moon R, I believe. Um, which is, and we'll, I'll get to it once I get, we'll talk about the background of the series. That Sailor Moon actually, and Dragon Ball are similar in that, like, they have different letter style sequel series. But, um, I know I, wa- I watched the first, I had to watch at least the first couple of arcs. I know I, I know I finished the whole Queen Barrel arc, which is, like, the initial villain. And, um, I was into the show. I, I watched it, you know, I, I liked it. It was one of those shows that's, like, you know, it's, and we're, we're definitely going to get into this. It's overtly. Feminized, feminized, feminine, you know, with a, with a female main character and like you know, just the, the general essence of the, the show's makeup. But I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot like Power Rangers. It's an anime. Um, it's definitely one of the very, very first anime that I've ever that I had ever seen at that at that point. And um, one thing that you and I can probably discuss a bit more in terms of uh, as fans of Dragon Ball Z and as people who've, who've seen, you know, I've seen. I've seen a lot more shows. You've seen seen less so, but um, Dragon Ball Z, as an anime series, definitely has its own style. This show, at least in terms of its anime, has a lot more of a. I hesitate to say the word typical, but it has a lot more of the recognizable anime tropes. Would you agree with like the sweat drops and the anime animation styles and stuff? I do agree. I wa- and I think that's not necessarily a knock against the show, but more. I guess praise for Dragon Ball, or I guess just saying Dragon Ball. You know, it, it kind of stands out on its own. It's it's less typical. It's more atypical, whereas this does fit into more of the tropes. 
you know, watching it, and you can see some of that, yeah, sweat drops, just some of the, the over-exaggerations and the expressions. It's, it, even to me, as somebody who's not used to, you know, quote-unquote typical anime like that, it wasn't overbearing, and it wasn't like, oh, this is the worst of, you know, the stereotypes of animes. I could still get behind it. I could, I could still enjoy it. So even, even as stereotypical as it, it could have been, I think it still was done faster than a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think that like uh, I mean this was this was in 1992. In fact, uh, I think I, I believe the anime was 92. I know the manga started in 92. I'll get into the background in a second. Um, but like this, when I first watched this, when we first decided to do this, and I um, started watching the episode, it hit me like a freight train how how much of a product of its time it was. And by that I mean like you know, there's uh, the tone is a lot. I mean obviously a lot lighter than Dragon Ball. Uh, there's a lot more. It's a lot more lighthearted. You know, there's more humor. Um, the characters kind of like pull out more faces, and like there's a lot more over over exaggerated reactions. Now, again, like you know, I think there might be a, more of a tonal shift uh, because even when Dragon Ball was kind of light, like you know, during like let's say when Gohan was uh, the Great Saiyan man during the high school stories, you know, there was a kind of lighthearted tone. But I don't remember the characters being all that exaggerated. Whereas this is very very light. Like this is very exaggerated. Um, uh, like you see Serena like, or Usagi is originally. Uh, or Bunny, if you're reading the English dub of the manga. Um, you see her, like, literally light on fire when she's getting mad, and you see her, like, pull faces, which, uh, you know, a lot of anime did at the time. Ronma One Half did at the time. Um, but not all anime did. You know, Fits of the North Star didn't do that. Robotech didn't do that. So, I think it's one of those things where, like, after we've, we've gone over Dragon Ball Z so long now, it's interesting to see a show that was right in the same, like, wheelhouse, in the same generation, and see a show that was a lot more... You know, a, a, a more um, usual representation of what anime was at the time. And um, oh, just to, generally, generally speaking, um, let me ask this, because we watched, obviously we watched the English dub. <laughs> we couldn't really jump into the Japanese version and, and know all the what was going on. And also, you and I have watched the English dub before. Um, uh, in terms of like, the English dub and what you probably recognize as English dubbing uh, only, what were your general thoughts on it? Like, you know, in terms of like, the, the opening and the scene transitions and the dialogue, like, what was your general thoughts on it, you know, as somebody who doesn't really, who doesn't, doesn't know a lot about the series' background, uh, what did you think about the uh, translation of it? Well, based just upon, like, the acting for the, the dub, it, it wasn't horrible. Uh, I, I hesitate to say that it wasn't as, as good as Dragon Ball, just because I've seen a lot more of Dragon Ball, and I can kind of judge better where the actors have gone, where they're going, where the characters but I can say that every character sounded unique. Uh, there were, you know, there were no overlaps. The the expressions didn't come off dry or boring. Uh, so I think it's it's better than some dubbing could have uh, has or has been in the past. But I'd have to I'd have to see more of it mm. in context to really get a judge. But I think on the whole that it's it's not a horrible uh, a horrible dub job. I'm right there with you. And the trans the, the transitions. I thought it worked. The opening theme went on way too long. <laughs> yeah, that was that was virtually uncut because like uh, the English versions of Dragon Ball Z usually cuts the the intro down to like one minute. Like the Japanese intros for anime are always like about ninety seconds at minimum. And I think that, like they made this. Un- they basically, I mean, like the Japanese version is this song, like like the whole like da 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 da. Like that is the version of the that is the theme song, but like they just essentially like you know redo the the lyrics. Um, and, like, you know, kind of, like, rework. And, like, the intro itself, like, the intro, like, theme, uh, 
opening as I was like you know cut, intercut with like uh, scenes from the episode and stuff. I, I went out and saw the original Japanese intro, which I've not seen before, and um, they're, they're kind of spliced between different seasons actually. Uh, but um, I hate when shows do that. Yeah, like 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 the last the, like before the. When the, when the intro ends and you see all five of the Sayer Scouts, that's that's a that's a shot from season three, and this episode's still in season one. <laughs> so it's like, whoops. I hate what shows do that. Sidebar: The '90s Spider-Man show showed Venom in the very first episode, opening season credits. It did, did it, didn't it? It I was like, where's Venom? <laughs> and then like and then like like once you get to like the the general series, they would just show show clips from uh, season two, and like you you meet season five and you would still see freaking Morbius. And Craven the Hunter. <laughs> anyway. This makes no sense. <laughs> um, well, that was one thing that I noticed about the series, like, right up front, was, uh, well, first of all, they have, they have the very, they're very, like, you know, today on Power Rangers kind of thing, where they kind of tell you all the episode is, <laughs> which, <laughs> which floored me. I was like, oh, my God, that's right, they did do this, and then they kind of get in the intro. And then they have a lot of, like, the, the scene transitions that kind of show, like, you know, like, like the like lightning bolts, and they show the TR forming and zooming to the camera for some reason. Those are, I mean, those are a, a little distracting. They would probably be more distracting if I if we had not seen Power Rangers because it's very Power Rangers esque. Like, I, I did some, I, you know, I, I should probably research this. I, I believe Saban had something to do with this dub, uh, which you know, obviously, like you know, brought uh, Zoo Ranger Sentai and, and made it Power Rangers because it's it's extremely similar. And I think that like it was definitely chasing that vibe. Uh, when they brought over to America. Um, but, you know, in terms of the dub itself, even before going on to moononsixers.com, plug, and, like, you know, checking to see what they got right and what got wrong, I personally thought that it wasn't half bad. I would compare it to, I would compare it easily to, like, the ocean dub of Dragon Ball Z and that, like, they take a lot of, like, well, Dragon Ball Z really took a lot of, the, like, like, the serious nature. Like, they basically eliminated all iterations of death in the show and made it less of a violent series. Hands our title. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why we're here. Um, but this show, honestly, from what I from what I gathered, like it's not all that changed. Like like the, the the tone of the show is virtually the same. Serena or Usagi, she is you know a whiny crybaby, or at least she is when she starts out. I'm not I'm not gonna play that card in just yet. And we're, and we're gonna talk about <laughs> someone playing cards, but um. Like the the characters are the same is what I'm saying. Like the characters' personalities are the same. You know, there are lines that are not there in the original, but the characterization is the same. Um, the characters' motivations are the same. Like it, like this whole this whole this episode's plot is is untouched. Um, most of the names are the same, which is something that like honestly in a lot of anime the the names would definitely change because the the, the Japanese versions are always like you know Japanese names. Dragon Ball Z is different in that nobody has the names that the, the DBZ characters have, but um, in this case, obviously. They changed the name Usagi to Serena, which uh, relates to like um, the fact that she uh, that derives from like you know her original form of Princess Serenity. Um, but like like the names Amy and Ray, uh, like like the, of the other scouts are like basically like like shorthand versions of their real names. And from what I gather, they, they kind of keep the Japanese uh, surnames, you know. And they're still I don't remember any point like there's there's a time when um in Yu-Gi-Oh when I remember them uh. A character arrives in the series and says, "Oh," at an airport and says, "Oh, welcome to America." When it's like, you know, uh, no. <laughs> like, I don't, th- I don't remember them doing that here. I-, I think there's a point where, like, they sh- they're shown a newspaper where, like, the Sailor Scouts are arguing, and it's in Japanese. They don't, they don't change it to a, a, a American English, which so many anime shows did at the time. So, 
you know, again, like, you know, I can't speak for the uh, majority of the series. I know that they changed some things, which I'll get into a little bit, but, like, by and large, from my perspective, and I hope that Cinnamon fans don't get pissed off at me, I thought the dub was actually, like, you know, halfway decent overall, saying. I agree. And uh, I, I wonder if, as you were saying, that a lot of animes would translate things to American English and, you know, shoehorn in, oh, this is America. Do you think that that was a, a general just kind of lack of confidence in the anime idea to Western audiences at the time? It's like, okay, we're not really sure how this show is going to go, so let's Americanize it as much as possible. I think you might be right. Do you, do you think that now in this in the culture we have with the Internet makes everything more homogenous, do you think that it's more accepted or it's more well-known? I think I think definitely um, some anime became so popular that I think that people believe – I think Toonami helped a lot with a lot of that as well because Toonami showed a lot of really varied series that really had nothing to do with being geared for kids like Outlaw Star or Blue Sub 6 where, like, people – I mean, people kind of, you know – even as a kid, I knew that this show was from just Japanese, just just by the nature of like the character designs, like the big eyes and stuff. There's things that you just you just know comes from Japan. So I think that like there was definitely an era where they changed it to America, just because I guess they didn't know how that would work. But these days, they don't. I don't think they do that anymore. I mean, well, it might depend on the show. Like I know that like shows that I don't watch anymore, like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, they do tend to like change the names to like American names, but. Um, Shows geared at older kids, like like older teens. I'm pretty sure they they've got like I know Yu Yu Hakusho was like virtually un, like, like completely unchanged. Like like the, the characters, the main character was named Yusuke Urameshi or Urameshi. Like uh, you know they, they they did not change into like you know Chris Wilson or anything. <laughs> um, like like I, th- I think it depends on how the show is the the, the demographic that the, that the particular series is uh, made for essentially. <laughs> oh lord um do you think that this show uh just in this this if you, say if you took a typical episode of dbz compared it to the japanese counterpart took this episode we watched mm-hmm. and compared it to its japanese counterpart do you think less was lost in the translation for sailor moon than um be in dragon ball i honestly i think that, that at this point uh, let's say, well, it depends because obviously, like, uh, if we, if you took an episode of the Boo Saga, which is typically, although it does turn into a dub, but like, let's say if you took the Funimation dub of the Boo Saga, compared to like this, this Deke Entertainment version dub of, uh, Sailor Moon, the Funimation dub would probably, would, would easily win because nothing's changed. They really don't change anything. Excuse me. Like, there's nothing changed from the Funimation dub. They, they didn't change it. I can't, I honestly can't think of a single plot point that they changed at all. They kept the fact that characters did die. <coughs> They kept the fact that uh, you know there are there are magic magic characters in the go Super Saiyan. They kept like I don't in the ocean dub they changed the motivations of the characters just a little bit. Although a lot of it was still the same, but at the same time, like 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 uh, they do still maintain the plot of the the Sailor Scouts. Like I mean, like you know, like like uh, the, uh I'm about to get I'm about to you know explain the series for people who don't know about it. Uh, um, Please do. <laughs> okay, well, like, like the plot of Sailor Moon, as, as best I understand it, is that like there was a uh, Moon Kingdom um, a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away, uh, where there's a uh, a queen, Queen Serenity, and a princess who derive from a, a different, a, sort of a different galaxy, and uh, Sailor Moon and the Sailor Scouts are reincarnations of those uh, of those uh, those those members of the Moon Kingdom, essentially, and. 
they are on Earth to basically keep uh, the Dark Kingdom or Queen Barrel's uh, <laughs> gang um, from getting the, the Silver Crystal and taking over the world or destroying the world. That's the plot of the original version. That's the plot of this version. And there's a lot of like you know romance. And I know that they keep the fact that Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask, we actually don't even see in this episode, um, are reincarnated versions of the uh, King and Queen of the, or at least the Princess and King Indymon of the Moon Kingdom. Like that, so in terms of comparing which ver- which series has a better translation, um, it's actually it's actually trickier than I would think. Do you think this show's tone, being more lighthearted than Dragon Ball and less, I guess, serious, quote unquote, translates better to uh, I guess to uh, American audience? I think I guess it does Amer- to the to the age group also. Oh yeah, I, I think it does. Um, when, when they do the whole like you know at the very end, which I was going to make fun of, the whole like you know <laughs> sailor says thing. Or you're, you're, oh my god! I, I felt like I was watching Cat and Planet. I thought I was watching Sonic. I thought it was like for Sonic, like da, 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 da. <laughs> and for Sam to say that's no good. <laughs> but um, when they when they do like you know they they did the whole like uh you know oh today we pretended pretended to be an argument, but sometimes friends really are in arguments. Well, that's okay. Like that's corny as heck. But honestly, like you know, okay, no, and that wasn't in the original, obviously. But that's not that does not betray the tone of the series. I don't think. This show has a lot of like really positive messages, self-affirming positive messages for kids and young women, um, which again we're going to get into. I'm, I'm 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 building up to that. That um, even though it's not in the original, it doesn't betray the tone of the original. I mean, in Dragon Ball Z, even in the Ocean dub, which was at its, which which had the show at its tamest, you didn't have Goku say, "Today we got in a fight. Well, fighting's no good," because that would be absolutely gutting the the tone of the series. To its core, so I think that even though there are embellishes here, the tone generally is kept intact. I, I think I, re- I really do think that. Um, now, um, is, are there are there any more comments on the series? I'm about to get kind of get into like the background. Uh, no, no, I I just kind of wanted to speak on how it kind of compares to DBZ, or not necessarily compares, but just how interesting it is that these are two of the biggest shows. And they kind of had parallel, I guess, developments or, or parallel, you know, premieres, showtimes, you know. They're both in the cultural air at the same time. But, yeah, if you're going to talk about the history, then that plays right into that. So. Absolutely. I mean, these shows were the anime series of the night. I mean, this, Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, Gundam, the Gundam franchise, and then later Pokemon, which Pokemon came like around the mid to late 90s, they were like the faces of anime. You know, they, they, they didn't like you know they didn't represent all of anime, but they were like the most popular iteration that helped bring anime to America. Um, now, Gundam was a little earlier, wasn't it? Yeah, Gundam was earlier. Gundam started, I believe, in the late seventies, actually. But like, it's one of those shows that like it's not a continuing, ongoing story. They it's sort of like a different version of the same idea, like like different universes essentially. Like like Gundam Wing is not the same story. Like yeah, exactly. Like it's it's Gundam Wing is different from, from Mobile Suit Gundam, which is different from G Gundam. Like, uh, they kind of play on the same idea. Kind of like how I believe Yu-Gi-Oh! and uh, Digimon do now, where it's like the same general concept, but different characters, different stories. But, um, those, that's, you know, that kind of like, like, DBZ was the shonen anime of, 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 of all shonen animes, which by that I mean, like, you know, the fighting, geared at young boys series. Like, I guess the genre and the demographic rolled into one? Exactly. Exactly. 
Like, like DBZ, that was, that, that was the shonen anime uh, of its day. Sailor Moon was the magical girl uh, anime of its day. You know, like, the only other magical girl series I really do know of is Card Captor Sakura. But, like, in terms of, like, a girl who has powers and can kind of transform things and be upbeat and uh, happy with her abilities, even though she's fighting crime. <laughs> um, like, Sailor Moon was the face of that. Like, like how, you know, like, in comic books, superhero comics are the face of comic books. They're, they're, yeah, uh, there's, there's other genres, but that's, exactly. when people think comics, that's what you think of. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, like, like, like Gundam is the face of big robot anime. Like, you know, there are different uh, anime, like, like, like Code Geass, or even earlier with Super Def- Dimensional Fortress Macross, which is my favorite. But, um, like, these, these represented uh, the faces of their different styles, like, their different flavors. Um, this series was created back in 92 by uh, a mangaka named Naoko Takeuchi. Who uh, actually? I mean, uh, interesting thing that I found. I actually did a lot of research last night before we talked about this. Um, the age that she was when she first uh, started the series, twenty-five years old, which is uh, what I've been, what I've been doing with my life lately. But um, she, the interesting. This actually is an. I think it's actually a pretty interesting uh, background because originally, I don't know if you know this. I, I didn't know about this uh, previously, but uh, originally the series actually, like the manga series, actually started uh, with. Um, one of the Sailor Scouts, Sailor Venus, she was originally the, the initial character for the series um, in a series called Codename Sailor V, where her original identity, um, I believe it's Mikano Ano, or I'm sure I'm gutting that. Never, never, never mind. Sailor Venus, essentially. Um, she was the original character, in the, and it was, it was a one-shot that she did for a magazine. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was popular enough. And it was pretty, pretty much the exact same, because she has pretty much the exact same story. Like she was... Shown to be, she's a schoolgirl. She's about fourteen. That was shown to be, she she was the inheritor to uh, the uh, Venus power um, by her talking cat Artemis, who's a white cat. And um, when they were apparently when they were um, going to make this into an anime uh, right away, uh, her editor suggested that she add several characters, you know, so the franchise will last longer. So Takeuchi essentially made. To it's kind of like a Batgirl thing in that like before the anime came out, she expanded upon the codename Sailor V series and created like Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon with we know with um, Usagi and basically like reworked the series to where like the codename Sailor V series was from uh, Venus's point point of view and then you go to Sailor Moon's point of view and then like eventually the, the two converge. There were I, I, there were some instances in, in the first few episodes where you see like images of Sailor V like like across the town like you know and pictures of her or whatever, and like she she eventually meets her at Sailor Venus. So it's kind of like a backwards end kind of thing. It, it, it's sort of like uh, it, it's kind of like you know how Iron Man uh, was the first movie for the Marvel Universe, and like there was a whole a whole larger thing out there at the same time happening. Concurrent events, which I think is actually a very interesting way to start a series. Personally, the original. Um, idea that Takeuchi had was she basically wanted to make a, a show about girls fighting in space. And um, her editor, uh, I believe it was her editor, suggested that they, uh, they dress them up in sailor costumes, which is, you know, for those who don't know, um, in Japan, in school at least, I, know, I believe I believe it's middle school, which is the age of these girls. For some reason, the girls dress up in uh, sailor sailor uniforms, uh, which is which what it drives them, which kind of like goes into like, I don't want to call this a problem, but, like, it's a bit of a, like, like a head-scratcher in that, like, how do these girls make secret identities? <laughs> they legitimately have secret identities, but they're going running around in, like, uh, puffed-up versions of their school uniform. Yeah, they don't look all that different. No, they have no masks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have no mask. They have no 
and I, I, I researched this to make sure that I didn't get anything wrong because I, I didn't want to like say anything that like someone comes back and says, "Oh, you forgot to mention this, this, this." They have no way of like uh, of like you know hiding their identity. They have no mask. And what really gutted me in this episode was the fact that she was with her classmate at her classmate's house up close, saving her from a burglar. And then six hours later, she's talking to um, Serena, like, you know, in a civilian identity. I say, "Oh yeah, say the moon showed up, and this is this happened." Like <laughs> that, that drove me crazy. <laughs> That was like the biggest like like what really now again like you know, I'm not saying like you know this this made me shut off, shut off my computer but uh, it was <laughs> it's probably the, the silliest thing about the series. Um, but no, you know this this is always the spawn of very successful series. Uh, the kind of like Dragon Ball in how Dragon Ball was Dragon Ball all throughout in the original manga. Uh, the anime was kind of divided up because you had Sailor Moon, then you had Sailor Moon R. And then you had Sailor Moon S, and then it went into Super S, and then it was Sailor Stars, I believe. So, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not seeing the entirety of the series, but um, I, I actually didn't know that the series was divided in the, into that way. Um, the the English adaptation of the series, because they, they did they did uh, attempt to uh, adapt more than what we saw here. Uh, apparently, the final series, Sailor Moon Sailor Stars, was never dubbed. So, the America has never actually gotten a fully translated version of the entire anime, which is surprising considering how popular it is. Yeah, it seems like they would want to rush that, or not necessarily rush it, but make it a priority to get it over here. I know that, like, it's because it's been dubbed by different companies, and, like, I do, I have seen one or two episodes, I say I have seen, like, you know, years ago. I do remember seeing episodes, I believe it was at least in Sailor Moon R or Sailor Moon S, when, that were dubbed on, in, on Toonami. I remember the voices being slightly different, but the, they were basically acting the same way, so um, it was, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter, matter too much. Kind of like how Ocean Dub did DBZ and then Funimation did DBZ. It's basically the same kind of thing. But um, this series uh, spawned... Uh, the, the, the anime lasted over 200 episodes, solid. Uh, it, it had about at least three movies. It had musicals and a live-action series, <laughs> which... <laughs> um, I've seen... I, I've not watched the live-action series, but upon learning that, I did uh, last night YouTube the transformation sequences, and um, it's exactly like the cartoon. <laughs> In that, like, like what you see here is pretty much them doing. It's, it's like live-action characters like interacting with a bunch of CGI in, in cartoon and animation, which. Uh, Oh my! Your miles were very. How much you like it? <laughs> I don't know. One thing, one thing I did like is that, uh, like, like uh, Usagi slash Serena, when she's in her civilian, she actually has black hair. But when she becomes Sailor Moon, she has blonde hair, which um, you know, it's just different. But um, helps with the secret identity thing. That's another thing too. Like, she has the most distinctive hairstyle. <laughs> like no if I could buy if Sailor Mars isn't exactly obvious to spot, even though she has no mask. But Sailor Moon has like the most obvious hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not bringing up anything that like you know nobody's talked about before, but it, 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 I, I, it really struck me as an adult how insane that is. It really, really did. It's just how much I guess you know the, the target audience is willing to disbelieve. Yeah, it's, it's a total suspicion of disbelief. I mean, I mean, whenever, I, whenever I thought about that and how crazy it was, I, I always went back to it's, it's second nature to us. But I'm sure there are things in Dragon Ball Z that are just ridiculous. I mean, like, I mean, and it's hard for me to actually think of them because we're so ingrained in DBZ now, but, like, you know, and this, this, this kind of gets to, like, our, our general discussion of the series as a whole, um, for what we knew, that, like, um, I chose this series to kind of talk about on, on our April Fool's episode, <laughs> because, mainly because it is the polar opposite of DBZ, 
Like, you know, DBZ is all about, you know, big, burly guys beating the shit out of each other, <laughs> destroying the planet, like, like, like losing their clothes, um, you know, killing themselves in the most violent way. It's, it's, your, it's your typical, like, like I, I'm not, not to become all, you know, all dude bro about it, but it is, it is very much a guy's, a man's anime. Or I mean, not a man, but, like, you know, an adolescent teenager right. anime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, 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 it's easy to see why boys and, you know, teens would, would be interested in watching it. Yeah, it, it kind of explains itself, you know, it's, that's, and that's why I got into it, because the fights are so crazy. Um, Sailor Moon, and this is, this is what I, I really want to get into, uh, Sailor Moon is really, I don't want to say it's a show just for girls, because obviously, you know, it's because if it's made as a show, they never say, you know, only girls can watch it, but it is very much a show for girls, in every sense of the word, I mean, she, she, Sailor Moon is a crime fighter, you know, and she, ha- you know, she and her friends are crime fighters, and they have secret identities somehow, and they have the, a destiny and a, and a large, uh, enthralling backstory, but the way they go about it is about as, I'm trying to find out a way to, it's very, very, it's very, very clearly, very overtly feminine, but that's not exactly a bad thing. I don't, th- you know, I don't, I don't believe it's 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 proudly feminine. I, I would say um, the intro theme is sung by I, I'm not sure if it's sung by like the voice actors of the Sailor Scouts or just by girls in general, but like it feels like you know like like fighting evil by moonlight. The, like was it living love by daylight for some reason? Like that 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 sort of eschews a sort of like um, very feminine sort of like young girl style of. Uh, action and adventure, you know, because there's, uh, I do remember, there, there's a, a large part of the series is for romance with Tuxedo Mask, and the kind of plot line behind that, and the fact that he looks so dreamy, <laughs> Again, we don't see him in this episode, but um, I'm sure you remember what he looks like, like the guy <laughs> with the white uh, uh, domino mask and the, and the top hat. And like, no, I was just saying, yeah, he, he literally looks dreamy. Yeah. Like I believe whenever he appears, like there's like there's like this soft focus and like sparkles right from his eyes on her. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, it, that's one thing that I remember as a kid that was was a little a little weird for me watching is that like you know it, you know it's a fun action show, but you know the protagonist is uh, a really flaky girl who's fighting uh, these these monsters and like you know uh, she has this like this very like sexy love interest. <laughs> like that's the that's not what you get on Batman the animated series. <laughs> Or Spider-Man anime series, or nope. eat the, or eat the cat. So like, um, did you? I, I know this linked this to you before. Did you um, see like the nostalgia critics uh, summation of the series? Uh, no, I have not. I was to, I wanted to say it, but uh, I'm okay. Yeah, I, I didn't either, but I know that he he did do it recently, and um, I actually remember seeing it because I remember seeing a lot of anime sites um, people utterly excoriating him over this review. <laughs> um. I, I, actually, I actually went on my way not to watch it beforehand because one, I, I kind of fallen out with him in, in the first place, and two, I really don't like when he when he goes over things that like he honestly doesn't really have, have much background knowledge in, you know, like Batman. But, but um, he apparently, uh, as a part you know his nostalgia critic uh, uh, theme, went back to the series and really went at it hard for like you know making the character dumb and sexualizing the girls and having them be in the short skirts. And like, like the, the positive thing he took away from it is that like, oh, it shows a, it has a hero that girls can get into, but the characters are stupid, the the, the series is stupid, and it's very very girly and like overtly sexualized. And um, in my research for this episode, there are pretty much the entirety of uh, the Sailor Moon fandom like, like spanked his ass over this. Like they really 
really were not happy. <laughs> they really, they really were not happy with, with this because they said that he missed a lot of the, uh, the point of a lot of um, a lot of what the series kind of like issues and that like is very very proto feminine, very pro, pretty, very pro girl, and by that it's like. A lot of the, like the transformation, again, we don't actually, I don't think in this episode, which I guess I probably should have picked a better episode, but we don't actually see the transformation sequences, but you remember what they were kind of like, right? Where like, they kind of like, are in these like, kind of like naked silhouettes and kind of dance around while the costume forms over on them one at a time, for some reason. Yeah. They show a little bit of it in the uh, opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> this episode didn't have that. But like, I, I do remember that, where like, uh, and that's been parodied a few times. I've seen, I've seen an Iron Man parody of it. But uh, like, I think one that's one of the kind of things that that, that the critic when it went up against. Um, and I've read a lot of articles about this. Now, personally, I I, I am somebody who is very much uh, a a self proclaimed feminist. Uh, my minor in college was women's studies, and I and I'm very very much a, a gender equal gender equality type of person. And if you're somebody who enjoys reading about uh, uh, culture and um, the socialization of culture and gender and sexuality. This series is porn for you because there's a lot of like there's a lot of topics that this series apparently covers um, subtly, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of subtext in this series that um, that um, that you can kind of get into. Um, I did I do have, I have a friend who was re- who is a big Sailor Moon fan that I've actually got to know uh, over the summer, and um, she was saying that she just really liked it and she like, really she really enjoys just you know it's like Dragon Ball Z. It's a show that she got into when she was really young, you know. The, you know the English dub be damned, and um, I, I assume that like you know your girlfriend's uh, similar. I imagine. Yeah, she said she watched it growing up, and she she just carries that love for it still to this day. So we were enjoying you know watching the episode again, like it, it holds up. Uh, yeah, yeah. She, she said she she watched like she made it a point to watch it as a child, so not just as, you know kind of in passing. She was a fan of the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that like the. Sh- I mean, I've, I've read I've read enough articles to kind of really confirm my opinion, but um, like the show really tackles. I think it's a, I think it's a great show for girls, personally. Like like as somebody who 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 likes seeing things made for different audiences, you know, like 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 minority audiences and people of different orientation audience, you know, it's like your non-white, non-straight, uh, male-centric, patriarchal audiences. I think this is a great show because. And this is this is what I had a problem with. I don't say I had a problem with, like you know, what kind of made me feel uncomfortable as a little kid, <laughs> which you know it says more about me than like the show really. That it was it was so girly, and I was still, but I still watch it. Like you know, the visualization of the series, even the dub, how there's like a lot of pink borders, which reminded me of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> but but um, yes, like just like it just I don't know, the general like, the tone, it being lighthearted is all you know in that like when we say lighthearted. Um, they don't spend a lot of time on the violence or the dark nature of the characters, even though it is there. Um, the Sailor Scouts are all made up of, like, you know, her female friends. Um, and, like, her main love interest, uh, the scene that's in this episode was, you know, the damsel in distress. He was captured in the Dark Kingdom. We didn't see that. Yeah, I love that. Have to rescue him. Yeah, exactly. I actually I just didn't remember him being rescued a lot. <laughs> but, um, I think that the character... Uh, I think the character of Sailor Moon is, I actually remember this pretty well, that, like, she was very, she was very, very, like, you know, she was, she's, she's, she's no different than your, your average, like, you know, modern day, uh, 
uh, male protagonists, you know? Like, going back to DBC, compared to Goku, who not only loves to fight, but is not very intelligent, he loves to eat, he's very naive, you know, he's very, like, you know, he's, he's very, like, kind of soft in the head, even as an, even as an adult, and as a husband, as a father, he's not very, like, you know, there are times where Gohan's a bit embarrassed with him, you know, that's, but that's our main character, or, you know, up to a certain point. So, like, uh, and, you know, there's various characters, like, I can name off, like, I, I remember Ash Ketchum being kind of a goof in Pokemon, um... That's all I remember, really. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've had various characters. Uh, or so Pokemon was my anime. I watched the entire first season of that show as it aired in the U.S. I, I, it's, 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 but yes, he is very much um, a goof like that. He's, he's, he's a doofus, but, he, but he's also a kid. Like, I think off the board, those, that's a relatable trait for your main character to have. Mm-hmm. Because most people have moments where they are ditzy or, if not, they still feel not necessarily inferior, but you always kind of wonder and have those moments where you feel like you're not the smartest in the room. Yeah, like, uh, I, remember, I, remember the, I remember very clearly the first episode that she gets a 30 on her test. And I was thinking, wow, she sucks. And then a few years later, I, I didn't have much room to talk. But, um, like... I, I actually, I actually, and watching this series again, and kind of like you know being reminded about her personality, I actually really like the fact that Serena, as she, as she starts off, is she's a normal kid, really. I mean, she's fourteen. She, you know, is kind of has her head in the clouds, and honestly, her friends, uh, the Sailor Scouts, um, you know, uh, Sailor Mercury, Sailor Jupiter, Sailor Venus, Sailor Mars. Um, <laughs> Amy, I remember, I remember like, 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 Mercury was Amy and Mars was Ray, and I believe the dub names for Jupiter and Venus were Lita and Mina, but I, I think they're Japanese names or something else. Anyway, but they're, they're generally better, uh, at what they do than she is, and she kind of has to, like, develop and build up over time. Um, again, again, kind of going back to DBZ, remember when Gohan first started out, he was, you know, he was a four, but he was like a crybaby, and he would run away from fights, and he, he like, you know, was a little scaredy cat as well, and he, he developed into quite the serious badass. <laughs> Um, it's really no different. Honestly, um, I do remember... Yeah, it's taking your main character and allowing the audience to grow with them. Exactly. As opposed to kind of throwing you in there. I do remember by the end of the first arc in Sailor Moon, she, she does, you know... I don't say man up. She, she, she does ovary up. Uh, that's, that's, that's still too genuine. She, she, does, <laughs> she does grow and develop and become a badass. I mean, I, I do remember that. I think that's, that's, they show a scene of it in the intro where she, like, has ultimate power and is taking on Queen Barrel in her face. Um, I actually remember the series cast dying in the end. <laughs> Spoilers. Although they brought back. Um, but, like, I think that, like, a lot of times uh, people can get caught up on the fact that, like, the, it's, it's a really girly show. It's a very, very like, um, but it's a self, it's a self-powering kind of kind of girliness. I mean, it, it's not trying to pretend what it's not, but it's not. Here's here's, here's what I'm trying to get at. In, in America, a lot of things that are, tend to be seen as girly are kind of seen to be as dumbed down, you know, kind of like you know, l- less important, not really meant for you. And whatever is sort of like you know good and has full of quality, is kind of typ- seen as typically male. You know what I mean? Like. If you watch, I mean, I, I never watched Care Bears or My Little Pony or either versions as a kid, mainly because I was too young. But like, really, like, like those kind of shows are kind of seen as stupid generally because they're made for girls. Yeah, and they're not, you know, the the most content heavy shows. You know, they're not viewed as in the same light as some of the other '80s, you know, cartoons people remember from their youth. Yeah, they're not very challenging in terms of like their their intellectual content. 
Um, I think that this show, from a perspective as a girl's show, quote-unquote, it doesn't it, – yeah, it, it kind of plays into stuff girls may like, you know, brighter colors. You said it you know, has the pink borders, the general art style. But at the same time, you know, say you have a girl who may be interested in watching a show like Dragon Ball. Oh, this has fight scenes. It has conflicts with bad guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so it still has that. And just like if a boy wanted to watch it, it still has conflict. It still has action and adventure, the stuff that makes for a good drama. Like a cartoon, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't negate that by being a girl show. That, that it just still gets that. It just kind of dresses it up in the veneer of making it more approachable for females, younger young females, as opposed to a show that, yeah, is just like Care Bears or something like that, which is just okay, girly. That's the point. Like there's you know there's it, it, it suffers. It, 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 I think this show doesn't. The girliness, quote unquote, doesn't deter it. That's exactly what I want to say. Absolutely. Um, I think that like uh, the fact that that the, I think a lot of the femininity uh, and like you know whatever people might not like from it from a male straight male perspective just comes from the, the natural femininity. But like you know, it, okay. It's a woman making a series for, you know, about, about a fem- female characters, you know, from a female perspective. And that's, all of that stuff is just based on, on, on the fact that they are female, essentially. And I think a lot of people might see this, see this as a, uh, as a negative, essentially. And, and I'll admit, when, when I was going into this, I was like, oh, see the moon, oh, it's going to be great because it's going to be bad. Like, I, mean, I don't think it's going to be god awful, but like, I do remember like, this, this would be like, you know, this would be so different that like, we could, uh, make fun out of it, and we probably still can. <laughs> but you know, again, the same thing. I mean, Dragon Ball is ripe for mockery. I mean, let, let, let's not, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> like you can, you, you can take the piss out of Dragon Ball. But uh, th- I mean, in, in this show, I think the most, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I'm again, like you know, I liked the show when I was when I was a kid. Um, and, I, and as an older adult, an older adult, as an adult, I think a lot of the femininity is a series plus for the series. I think the fact that, like, uh, honestly, the fact that she has this sort of, like, you know, reincarnated journey, and that, like, this sort of really did see kind of, like, lighthearted little girl turns into not only a crime fighter, but a, like, like you know, spoilers, <laughs> a princess of a whole kingdom. And all of her friends are actually her bodyguards, and she has to save her, her man all the time. And kicks him, like, she, she, you know, she saves the day at the end. You know, she came with a plot in this episode. And like you know, these, these, this, this right here that we're saying is a microcosm of what I, where I know the show goes uh, later on. Because you know, we're not really saying anything that like that's 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 new to people who are aware of the show or aware of the series. You know, us, uh, which is why I didn't, I actively did not see uh, the nostalgia critics review of it because I, I just, I just don't like the idea of people talking about. I really do not like the idea of people talking about something that they don't know that they're not they're not familiar with. And I thought that that guy talking about Sailor Moon, a show that he clearly had no background knowledge with, was totally inappropriate. So, Jesse, my male co-host from the Dragon Ball Z series, what else have to say about Sailor Moon? <laughs> you know, watching the episode, like you were saying, it was a joke. It was played for last, but at the same time, I, I did enjoy it, and I was I was impressed with it. And I, I would have absolutely no problem showing this. This episode of this show, to you know, uh, my niece, who's my niece and my nephew, both mm-hmm. were five and seven. Oh yeah, Easily. I think it's enjoyable. Yeah, and um, with the new series coming out, they have, they have a, a better opportunity for that if it gets dubbed. 
There's a few things I want more things I wanted to mention. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of it's also interesting in that like um, one thing that, that might be worth talking about, and uh, we can kind of get to this a little bit because uh, because it's an anime series, uh, and because anime series just with the female characters tend to get tend to get you know bridled up because of its fan service. Did you see any overt fan service in this series? Did you see any like overt sexualization because of female characters, or did you not? Just generally speaking, at least in this episode. I I can't think of yeah you could say okay look at their outfits they're wearing skirts but yeah uh, you know what girls wear skirts it, yeah. it happened and it didn't come off as somebody who or as overt you know extremely overt and I'm a comic book fan I I'm versed in some anime I can kind of know when something is overt and when something kind of rubs me the wrong way when it's like okay that that just looks wrong and and nothing here really. Nothing, you know, nothing struck out, you know, struck me as just kind of creepy because these are supposed to be fourteen-year-old girls, mm-hmm. and even, you know, even if he's not explicitly stated, that the schoolgirls and it, it could played for a lot worse than it was. I didn't see anything that that kind of stru- struck me as fan service. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that like the series is falsely attributed to because just they're just having to mean skirts. I mean. Girls wear skirts, guys. It's no big deal. Um, and I don't, I don't really see any, any like, like, like lingering up shots. Um, I, honestly, when I was a kid, I actually thought it was really cool, the fact that, like, Santa Mars wore high heels. <laughs> Even though she was a kid. <laughs> I don't know why. I, just, I just thought that was, like, 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 that made her, like, snappy or something. I, don't, I thought that was kind of cool. Because if you notice, like, like, like uh, Santa Moon and Santa Mercury have the, like, like thigh-high boots. And then the rest of them have, like, like, different color, like, different kind of shoes. I mean, I remember Santa Jupiter has, like, these boxer shoes or whatever. It's kind of cool. But, um... Yeah, all of them have very unique, uh, like, little, like, characteristics to them. Sailor Mercury was always my favorite as a kid, and I, she still is, you know, from what little I've seen in the series. Like, I mean, I, I, I always liked Sailor Jupiter. See, that was my brother's favorite, yeah. Like, because Sailor Jupiter was the, she was a tougher, tougher one, and she's, like, the tallest. I think she's the more the tomboy one. Um, Sailor Mars was always the dick. <laughs> I, remember, I actually remember that pretty well. And that, that's played up in here where she, like, like fused with, um, Fuse with Sailor Moon. Yeah, Sailor Mercury was my favorite. I, I liked her because, like, like, I like the color blue, and I, I have an affinity with girls with short hair. I just think that she's the most unique of the characters because she's, she's not overly violent. But that's not, I, I neither here nor there. Um, one, <laughs> one thing I, I want to mention is that, like, there's, we're, because we're at the first arc of the series in this podcast, um, there were later on other Sailor Scouts that I never actually saw when I was watching this show. Because they introduced like Sailor Pluto and Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus and Sailor Saturn, I believe. I never, I never got to that point. Um, you know about this? You know about the whole about the fact that uh, two of the Sailor Scouts were in a lesbian relationship? Come again? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I was watching the intro and I was like, I just swore there were Sailor Scouts. I was like. There were at the time nine planets. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, at the uh, time. <laughs> uh, no, so yeah, that two of them were lesbians. Yeah, well, not, Uranus wasn't. Not, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay, let's, let's let's not let's not be jerks about this because well, I mean, um, like like the original five here we see later on. I, I honestly don't know which sequence, but. Uh, I, this is just something I remember like hearing about, and it was confirmed a lot. Uh, the two of them, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune, show up. I believe I believe it's in season three, which would be Sailor Sailor Moon Uranus, I think. Um, 
and they're like they're flat out. I mean, they're they're explicitly in a lesbian relationship. It's not like you know, you know, it's not played for a great deal of comedy or raunchiness. It's just a matter of fact. Like, um, which, which I, again, like that's that's really interesting. The series, this series actually was very very like uh, uh, progressive in terms of that kind of thing. You know, like um, the the Sephiroth looking guy in the show, Malachi, I guess his name was. Um, which I'm sure is not his real name in the Japanese version. Uh, but you know, like, like the henchman of Queen Barrel in this episode, you know, yeah. he, he looked like uh, he looked like Sephiroth <laughs> to me. Um, I, he's, oh yeah, I got the same thing. He's gay. I, I, he's apparently gay. I, I, didn't know, I did not know that watching the dub. There was a uh, a previous character. Um, don't ask me. Cause I, I also don't know the name. But like, there was an armchair character that I could have sworn was a woman, and like this looks like a woman, but apparently was like his uh, his lover, which you know. They kind of I, I, um, they played that up in the dub as uh, this his female partner, but he wasn't. And um, later on, yeah, there two two of the Sailor Scouts were uh, in a in a gay romance or in a romance, I should say. And like it's played very very like you know, even for the mid nineties, it's played very matter of factly, um, which is great. I mean, if you see if you read about it and you see scenes from it, it's not played stupidly. It's, it's you know that's just kind of know how it is, and the, and the Scouts are fine with it. And, you know, nobody really, like, you know, they're not really, like, it's not played as anything abnormal, which which is really, really cool. Um, I don't think it is. I think that uh, the only only thing I could see is, like, I, which I don't with the Moon's relationship with Tuxedo Mask is if it's ever explicitly stated, like, I guess, like, not like this graphic, because it is, it is supposed to be, you know, a children's show. Like, I think, I think you're... Your relationships should keep a certain level of, I guess, PG-ness mm-hmm. at, at that level, regardless if they're a heterosexual or homosexual relationship. But other than that, yeah, I don't think it matters who, who you know who they fancy. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's not like any any like crude euphemisms going on. Although I did see one screen cut that made me laugh. But um. The, the the thing the, the thing about this that was hilarious to me and this this again this I knew about because and the reason I bring this up you know not because oh they're gay lols 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 but this this being dubbed and translated to American when it was the way they got around that when they got up to that that part in the series was that they said, they said that the two characters were cousins <laughs> which made the scenes that they left in when they were flirting <laughs> all the more. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't seem like the, the, the way you want to go with that. <laughs> because apparently they left all the scenes of them being romantic with each other in, but they were cousins. Whoops. <laughs> Lousy American. <laughs> Somebody out on that one. That's, that kind of relates back to, and you're right, there, I mean, I, I I feel really stupid kind of like coming out and like, oh, that was not normal. No, it is not normal. You know, we, there's no problem with that whatsoever. And I've had, which is why I'm bringing it up, it is really awesome that they kind of put that out there. And now, for it, I think for it to be in a show like this, uh, as a matter of fact, that is, at the time that is abnormal. That's that's you know not unheard of. It's unheard of, yeah. Even even today, you know, it's still typically a a bigger deal. You know, movie, TV shows will have oh, this is you know your so and so character, and this is your gay character. It's like really, that's a characteristic right there. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like that that doesn't really work, but. So, you know, 20 years ago, 92, yeah, so like 20, 20, 22 years ago, for a show that, uh, I think was very progressive, mm-hmm. as you were And even this guy, uh, Malachi, like, he wasn't, like, flinging his hair back and wagging his hips or whatever. Like, they don't, 
for a show like this, for a show like this geared to a young audience, and you know, kind of plays broad, like we said earlier, with like the major, like the tone of humor and the major animations, and like you know, like like the, like the face plants on that stuff. To kind of play like that, to play something like that, which at the time would be ripe for really like really uh, disparaging humor, played very straight. And Naoko Takeuchi like, was quoted. I saw a quote that said that she was she was into like all types of storytelling and all types of human relationships. And she thought that would be interesting for the girls to encounter people who were different than they were. Because, you know, some, some of the characters would be kind of boy crazy later on, but, like, when you have uh, two of their teammates, you know, be in a relationship together, and, you know, she is totally fine. That's that, And for the girl to be at that, at that age and realize that. I, I believe Japan actually doesn't have that bad of a, uh, of a uh, LB, LGBT community. They don't view that as harshly as America might. I, I'm not sure. I don't think – I believe gay marriage isn't uh, abdicated there, but – all the same, I don't. I don't believe that like like, like homosexuality is necessarily. Uh, it's it's not the big, you know. It's, it's it's not the civil war that is in America essentially right now. Yeah. Which I, which I want to say. Yeah, I think that's a a good. To, yeah, as you were saying, to have that in a show, and to allow children to see characters interacting, uh, and and letting them know that hey, this is okay, this is fine. That's a that's a really good role model to have, and a really good and something good to show you know children of that age. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's you know here's superheroes interacting. Uh, you know, let two of them love each other. Big world, no one else cares. Like, I think that's good, and that is progressive. I and mean, we you know you need more shows like that. If only they had a Sailor Says segment about it. <laughs> Today, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune had some pr- problems at school with being in a relationship, but that's okay because they, they're human beings. Well, yeah, that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's right for mockery because it's a PSA, but, you know, that will be kind of I, – I don't really have problems with PSA as long as they're, they're done decently, and I kind of thought this one was. I, thought that, I actually thought that, like, the voice acting, by and large, was, was not that bad. Um, like, the acting in itself. Like, you can say, like, you know, the dialogue or whatever, but the acting itself, I thought that the voice of, say, the moon slash Serena was actually really good uh, compared to, like, what I know of the character and what I've seen. And, and, and one final thing is, I remember I was in the, I was in my Barnes & Noble today just, just to kind of, like, brush up on anything else I might have missed. And I went to the manga section and saw some volumes of Sailor Moon. The manga is actually a lot more... The art style is, is a bit more abstract. It's a, it's a lot more akin to, like, the clamp-style artwork of... Really pretty, like obviously pretty girls, but like um, really fanciful kind of uh, artwork. Like the the link from um, the Anime News Network that they showed with uh, that image of Sailor Moon, it's a bit closer to that, where it's a bit more detailed, I suppose. And um, the storytelling is a bit more like loose. Like I think that like uh, this one is a lot more episodic, had the monster of the day, whereas the manga didn't really have that. But the general storyline is kept intact. And I think that, like, the, the general themes are kept intact. I, do, I did read a quote that Takeuchi thought that the, the, the anime was a bit more, it had a bit of a, more of a male gaze uh, towards the series than her series does, because, like, maybe she's talking about the transformation sequences, but, but at the same time, again, like, you know, there's not, like, when they're transforming, it's, it's not, like, oogling at their, at their boobs or whatever. It's kind of, like, you know, oh, this is what's happening. Which, my general annoyances with the show is, you know, annoyances that I can find anywhere else in Power Rangers or whatever, and that, like, the whole... Mars did her fire attack like three times in the show. We saw the exact same animation thing, <laughs> and I didn't really like that. Oh, I noticed that. It's, it's a part of his time. You can't get all that upset about it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, ah, I wish they don't do that. And I'm sure that, like, the new anime um, will probably take out, because it's not, it's not in the manga. 
Um, the last, the only, um, the last real thing I want to say is that like uh, Naoko Takeuchi, she is married to the creator of Yu Yu Hakusho. Funnily enough, oh, um, really? which is kind of interesting because like the anime of Yu Yu Hakusho to me looks very similar to to the moon. The designs aren't exactly the same. Obviously, he doesn't draw the same way as his wife. Um, and they were they were both in the I believe they both had made Yu Hakusho and Sailor Moon before they got married, but the anime style because Yu Hakusho was also uh, I believe that that was 1993 1994 so it was in the same generation it, they look they look very similar they look a product of their time like if you would compare like Tiny Toons to Animaniacs kind of thing um, but I, I found like they, they are more similar to each other than DBZ is to either of them so I think that uh, that's actually kind of a neat uh, little little uh, tidbit there. Time to explain what you were doing with my wand, Mars. Stupidly left it underneath my bed. And why'd you guys wait so long to save me? We were trying to get readings on the warp hole, you big dork. Well, what was your cue then? Waiting for my face to turn blue? You're such a whiner. Takes one to know one. Thank you. Yeah, barely. I do, but they're not invited. Daily surprise. Heard a rumor the scouts might be splitting up. Any truth to it? Huh? Huh? Sorry? No comment. But just, uh, yeah, generally, any any final thoughts on Sailor Moon as as a series as as you've come to know it? Just this small, you know, skip that started off as a joke. Uh, I have to say, better than I expected. Better than I remembered, actually. I would, I would agree. Better than I think, better than I knew would would, would be sort of my take. In that, like, uh, you know, kind of like, like like learning the series and kind of going up. It's I'm not gonna say this. I'm not gonna say this is the best series ever because there is parts where it's, it's absolutely corny, you know. But at the same time, you know, Dragon Ball Z can be corny, and there were times where this this didn't make me laugh. Like I liked uh, when they were first arguing in the, uh, at her classmates. Um, I refrain from saying her name because I know the the, the 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 names are different. But like when they're when they're at her classmates uh, classmates' house and it was getting burgled, and the CSR started arguing and like uh, was, you're not supposed to do it alone, and then she goes I am alone, and then she started like like making a face at them. That made me laugh. So like you know it's 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 a genuinely fun show. Um, it has it has a lot deeper of a storyline than this episode might uh, give an example for. And honestly, learning how progressive and how uh, just. Um, I, I'm trying to find the right words for this, but just, just the, the, for lack of a better phrase, the female empowerment nature of the show, uh, how much how much it really has beneath the surface, you know, it's, it's more than the sum of its parts, really, and some of its parts aren't all that bad in the first place. I actually, I'm actually a bit more interested in going after this, this learning more and, and uh, following the series more than I than I used to be, because I, I seriously, I've, I have not seen this show since the 90s, 15 years at the least, but uh, no, yeah, I, I, I Again, what started out as a fun joke, and really that, because you can't get more opposite than Sailor Moon DBZ, but uh, it turned out to be a pretty uh, fun exercise, and hopefully the listeners will think so as well. If not, I'm sure they'll probably complain for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's still time to do that. If you want to uh, email on your thoughts on this or um, any thoughts on the previous uh, uh, Next Dimension episode, email us in at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. For those of you who may have forgotten, I know I put it on the list, Blipson page, but uh, for the next episode... We shall be covering. Actually, I don't remember. Let <laughs> me pull it up. Derp, derp, derp. We'll be covering uh, Sailor Moon episodes uh, 39 through 41. Now, um, next episode for the next dimension, we shall cover episodes 220 through 226, which is about seven episodes. It's a lot, but hopefully, they shall be fun to talk about. 
Uh, and, you know, as for the month of April, we're recording this a little bit early, but this will release the first of April. Uh, be on the lookout for that very, very soon. So, Jesse, thank you very much for joining me on this uh, April Fool's endeavor. Um, I, uh, I actually had – this has been an idea for me to do since we first started the show, and, and I just kept on forgetting. So I'm glad that we actually got, it, got around to doing this. So thank you, thank you for joining me on this very random episode. I, uh, I really enjoyed it, and it was uh, off the beaten path, but hopefully, hopefully our fans, our listeners enjoy it also. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> uh, for all your listeners out there, you've been listening to Moon Prism Podcast. We will see you guys next episode. Take care. Adios. Thank you for listening to Moon Prism Podcast, a Sailor Moon show. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.libson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon R, Sailor Moon S, Sailor Moon Super S, Sailor Moon Superstars, and Codename Sailor V are all owned by Toy Animation and Naoko Takeuchi. Sailor Moon was created by Naoko Takeuchi.